Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we're talking about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 56. As always, I'm joined by Dom. How's it going, Dom? Yahoo! And Jordan. How's it going, Jordan? Happy holidays! <laughs> it's April, so... <laughs> holidays somewhere near. Although, it's a holiday for some people today. Yeah, Happy holidays! I saw the greatest picture was uh, a Baze from uh, Rogue One. I said, just ba- uh, just Baze. And it was a picture of him and it was like, hashtag 420. Like just blaze, just blaze. Yeah. Oh, okay. I <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. I see what you did yeah. there. Really funny. Anyways, uh, a pretty slow week for me as far as what I've been playing. Pretty much been just grinding away at Dark Souls three uh, achievements as I was last week. Um, bought both of the DLCs. Haven't played them yet because a lot of so I've I've got a majority of the sorceries and pyromancies and all that stuff. But the last couple of ones Ooh. I need are covenant are based on covenant items, the and worst. you either. You either do that by invading as part of that covenant, which I'm not a huge invasion guy. I don't like being a dick, like invading somebody else's game and just ruining their experience. <laughs> so it's the other way to get them is just by attacking enemies in their rare drops. So I've just been having to grind. I got to a point I was grinding Silver Knights. I had a million souls at one point, which is pretty crazy. Noise. Um, yeah, and I don't have the symbol of avarice, which is the the mimic chest helmet, and that also raises item drop. And I just was unfortunate to get it. So it's just all this grindy stuff to try to complete the game. Nothing too interesting. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much it. Uh, I haven't been playing much else. I haven't really watched much else. What have you guys been doing? Horizon, Zelda. So you yeah. did get back to Horizon. I did uh, quite a bit too. Um, I'm. I think I'm getting close to the end of the the main story. Still, some of the the hunting ground things I wanna I gotta catch up on. Um, I definitely I I climbed all the tall necks. Those things are awesome. I wish there was more of them though. Um, I think there's like five or six. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But I guess that's part of what makes them so cool though is like how infrequent they are. And they're just I don't know. It's just it's a spectacle. Uh, when you stumble upon one and it's just this huge mammoth thing that shakes your screen as it walks past. It is past. cool, yeah. Um, it makes you feel like, you know, uh, if you had watched Jurassic Park when it first released. Um, it's that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just grinding away and I want to get that platinum, but I want to first just get through the story because um, I'm like real scared of spoilers right now and I'm actually really into the story. It's a pretty cool uh, sci-fi thing they got going on. I won't. I won't get too deep into it, but I want to just get that story out of the way. Um, see what happens. And Zelda, I uh, just started uh, getting into the the final, um, my final divine beast of dungeon and so on, in the Goron village up there in the old flaming mountain. So that's another one. Uh, I I want to finish that story at least for the same reason as as Horizon, just to get it done, so I don't have to worry about spoilers and then i can just kind of roam free and eventually get through all those shrines at least definitely not going to get all those damn korok seeds um you're doing all the shrines i want to yeah i mean I, i'm not gonna not in a rush or anything but first i want to beat the game and then you know get all 120 shrines uh, you know afterwards and if it takes me another year you know, that's fine i want it to i want i want the experience to be spread out so gotcha i'm already at like 50 or 60 so with both of those games i'm at a point where i've done all not all the side stuff but just a large chunk of the side stuff and 
not I, it's not that I haven't touched the story, but it's like that's the point I'm at is I need to I need to you know kind of stop and play the story for a little while. So those two uh, same games I've been playing for I don't know, two months now. So still still grinding away. It's gonna be a while longer too. <laughs> I'm interested to see them both of you finish Horizon to see if what I read in that NeoGAF thread in like January is true. Because remember, I don't know if you guys remember. I stated that I actually got the Horizon Zero Dawn story got spoiled for me because I was going through NeoGAF and I saw this thread of uh, the story leaked potentially and it tells you the big twist of the game and everything that happens in the game. Um, so I'm interested to see once you, once you guys finish the game and you guys talk about it and we'll have like a spoiler filled discussion if it matches that rumor that happened so long ago. I'm really intrigued by that so we'll see. I bet you about 95% it is exactly what you read on NeoGAF. Yeah, probably. Uh, what have you been playing, though, Jordan? So, um, haven't played a bunch. Um, actually, been watching a ton of movies this week. Um, and uh, before I get to that, I want to say Fargo season three, episode one premiered, and that was last night. And wow, man, that's easily one of the best shows on TV. Like I say, time and again, FX knows what's up both with comedies and drama but i mean their dramas are just so so good um legion fargo they're all i mean they don't really have like a walking dead where it's like i mean it's a good show but there's seasons that are just shitty like they if fx has a show that's just not that great uh, you really don't see it for very long so um, shouts out to them once again. Um, Did you watch so, the newest episode of Saul? Of course. Once again. This, this, it's just so good, man. The way it's like really starting to hit into Breaking Bad territory as far as just connecting the dots for you. And you're able to see kind of where things would get started in that direction, I guess. I like, yeah, I like that point of it, too, because I think if not this season, I would guess that four is the end of it. Um, oh, no. I hope they go five, man. I know they won't go past five because how are you going to go past five when right. Breaking gonna, Bad was only five? Exactly. They're, the characters they're using, they can't cross over, obviously. So I think one or two more and they're going to have to be done, um, which is sad, but I think that's the way it needs to be. Do you think I the really... final episode is going to be Saul meeting Walter? So, here's the thing. Minor spoilers for Better Call Saul. The, actually, both of the three seasons start with vignettes after Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. And, um, so that's what I wanted to mention just now, is I really think, and I'm, I'm really starting to doubt that they'll do this, but I would love it if they had, not a whole season, but maybe if they had, like, chunks of scenes in, like, the last season, if it was the fifth season... And they have chunks of scenes or even maybe full episodes that occur during or after Breaking Bad. I think that would be awesome, but I, I think, just, I'm doubting it. No, I think you're right. I think uh, the story it's telling now will probably conclude in like, you know, the, the second to last episode of the series. And then the last episode will probably be just an entire, you know, kind of after the fact. And they, they probably will keep it. stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, probably keep it in the black and white like they've been doing for those vignettes too. Right, right. Um, just kind of like show give you a different perspective of where he's at after everything. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. The vignette dove a little deeper into kind of, 
instead of just saying like here's what's up it kind of like went into a scene and had stuff going on this time so they could just kind of dive into that a little more um i think it's obvious that we're going to see you know plenty of the characters from breaking bad walt and jesse are a surefire thing you know little even if it's a little cameo or whatever they'll show up and pass by um obviously gus is a big part of this season so it's going to be cool to see how this series plays out i'm i'm also doubting that there's going to be very much more of the breaking bad universe that we see on tv if ever at all um so uh, yeah it's going it to be cool and then you know of course once this series ends and it's going to be awesome to just be able to go through all those seasons you know better call Saul to breaking bad because it's, it's just so well done some of the best tv ever made so um but yeah real quick i'll just uh fire off some of these movies that i've been watching um finally saw logan and split um have you guys seen both of those movies haven't seen just logan split. what dom so we so jared and i both just saw split and not logan okay cool so um can we have quick spoilers about split sure spoiler let's right. skip two minutes if you don't want split ruined exactly so are you guys like m night Shyamalan fans do you know about the unbreakable connection i i did not before so i love unbreakable it's one of my favorite movies of all time it's definitely one of my favorite superhero movies um i think it's really well done in the way they handle that type of stuff and um to see that they're bringing it back to see that there's connections to see that you know m night Shyamalan talking about how um he had uh mcavoy's character in unbreakable as a major part and then you know had to pull him out because it just didn't work but i i'm pretty sure there's a cameo in there there's people showing what they think seems like his character um just as a little part in unbreakable but yeah man that stuff's so cool and i'm really glad that it's gonna have like a third movie to tie it all off i can't wait for that shit uh yeah just really quick uh i like unbreakable a lot it's it was a chronicle before chronicle is like the way i like to put it yeah 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 not found footage chronicle kind of no but set more in reality like a superhero movie set in reality which is really cool yeah i like to go back and watch that one um Good movie. That's all I'm going to say so we can move on from the spoiler stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're out of spoilers. I'll just name off uh, some movies that I really like that I've watched recently. Um, I, I had one night where I watched like four thrillers just because I love thrillers. Love psychological thrillers, but I love any kind of thriller that maybe it pushes into horror or whatever. Huge shout out to The Void. Awesome cosmic horror. If you're into that type of stuff, you should totally check that movie out. Um, I watched 10 Cloverfield Lane. Finally got through that movie. I had started it, but hadn't finished it. So good. Um, don't love it, but it's a solid movie. Um, solid thriller, I would say. Um, I watched, um, crap, what was it that I watched last night? Oh, this isn't a thriller, but I really love this movie. I watched, uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is, uh, directed and stars the guy who is directing... Yeah, Taika Waikiki, I think is his name. Yeah. and uh, Or Waititi, I don't know how you say it. But anyways, uh, he's directing Thor 3 this fall, and um, that movie was fucking hilarious. It's like a mockumentary type deal where uh, these vampires are basically just fucking around. There's barely any plot to it, but it is a hilarious movie, and it's really funny. Um, I recommend it to anybody who likes, um, you know, kind of British or Australian humor. 
Um, I feel like there's one or two other really good thrillers that I watched. Uh, nope, I'm sure they'll come back to me, uh, maybe, you know, at the end when we're talking about stuff for next week. But yeah, watched a bunch of movies this week, basically. News time. So the first bit of news here, last week we talked about Nintendo basically shutting down the NES manufacturing, the NES Mini. Um, yeah, a lot of people were upset about that. It was weird, you know. Uh, a lot of people had a tough enough time getting their hands on it. Uh, you know, it was it was a problem with uh, resellers and scalpers and stuff like that. And They know, came the, out with a 2.0 where it was, you know, had a longer cord and, and all this type of stuff that, you know, it didn't have the bullshit stuff that they had to deal with on the first one, that'd be great, you know. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't the, be pissed. According to multiple sources, though, we're actually probably going to be seeing a NES, NES Mini or a SNES Mini uh, later this year, this holiday season, which isn't actually that surprising. Uh, so Nintendo was set to launch the SNES Mini this year. Uh, you know, they launched the, the, the Mini NES that we just talked about was such a hard time for people to get a hold of, and they discontinued recently, which got people upset. Um, this probably means that we won't see NES Minis in the future, or at least for a while, if the NES Mini is coming out this next year. Uh, huge game catalog. It's going to be interesting to see what the price point of this is. If it's going to be $60 like the NES Mini, how many games are going to be included on it? Um, obviously, you've probably heard on the internet by now all of these lists of games that you'd want on it. Um, but do you guys think that this, this, these sources saying that this is coming out this year kind of says like, yeah, the NES Mini it was discontinued and we're probably not going to see it for a while? Yeah, I've definitely, and it's so frustrating because ugh, the timing, man, just the timing. So I'm in GameStop the other day. Um, I'm asking about pro controllers, and then I see the NES Mini boxes behind the desk, and I'm like, "Is that the real deal right there? You're not just, you know, screwing with me? Those are actual consoles in that box." He's like, "Yeah, man," and. Um, he said they had had them in stock for the last few weeks, and I was like, oh, I get paid on Friday, I'll come back in here and grab a Pro Controller from Mario Kart and an NES Classic, you know, they've had them in stock, so it shouldn't be too big of a problem, and then, you know, within like 24, 48 hours, we get the news that they're discontinuing, and of course, by the time I got my paycheck, I'm calling every GameStop in town, and nobody has one, so fuck me, right? Fuck me, right, Nintendo? Is that what you want? So I think uh, my conclusion here is that they're not really concerned with immediate profit. That I mean, that's obvious. But they're more concerned with like keeping an image for themselves, like putting out these limited run little consoles. Being that um, cool retro Nintendo. Right. They want to keep their image up as like you know, look at what we've done. Like we're you know we're so cool. Like you know because why there's they could make so much money. You know these things have a huge mass appeal. They could just they could be just raking it in right now and they're not and it's a mystery to everyone. I think like we're all kind of missing uh, the marketing here and that's not really marketing with the goal of selling more, but just you know for their own image. I don't. That's that's the vibe I get where they're not really concerned so, about the cash. So, um, you know, take this with a grain of salt, obviously. But one of the chicks that I called at a local GameStop here in Nashville. Um, said that the reason that they were so scarce and that Nintendo was basically so skittish, I guess, about putting out stock and, and really having them out there was because they were um, there was a part or something that was you know making them more expensive. Kind of, it seemed like she was saying they were 
you know, they were really not worth what they were selling. They were, you know, taking a loss probably. So, um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but either way, it's just like, dude, this is not, you know, this console is nothing hard. This is the company that's been accused, what we'll talk about later, of, you know, selling ROMs on their eShop that are just emulated versions of their old games. Like, this is not hard shit to do. And making this console, regardless if there's one part or another, it's like, with the part or the the short cord and the stock, it's like, come on, this is not... You know, I, I feel like... If there was a PS1 Classic, which at this point I don't think Sony would do because it would just be so copycat. But you just know that Sony could be like, yeah, here's a PS1 Classic, 20 games, you can get it now, and it's not that hard to find, and it's 60 bucks or whatever the fuck, you know. It doesn't have this tiny-ass cord where you have to sit two inches from your TV. I think it's just Nintendo. Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Now with them having discontinued the NES Classic, uh, it's going to be even ten times harder to find an SNES Classic when they do come out, right? Because everyone is going to oh, think yeah. in their scalpers head, are going to buy yeah bucket loads, right? Um, the next story coming from a different publisher. We're talking about Nintendo. Uh, Bandai Namco. Last week we talked about this teaser they had that was very Dark Souls inspired. Uh, they actually had the tagline at the end of it, hashtag Prepare to Dine, which is a plan Prepare to Die. Uh, we made some speculations of what it could be. We talked about it possibly being like vampires or something. I said it could possibly be a follow-up to God Eater. And that's essentially what it is. I mean, it's a game where you eat gods. Uh, the game's called Code Vein. Uh, really interesting premise, really interesting art style. We'll talk about that. Uh, but real quick, it's it basically... Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys a game overview uh, that they actually put up on the website. In the face of certain death, we rise. In the not-too-distant future, a mysterious disaster has brought collapse to the world as we know it. Towering skyscrapers, once symbols of prosperity, are now lifeless graves of humanity's past, pierced by the thorns of judgment. At the center of the destruction lies a hidden society of revenants called Vane. These final, uh, this final stronghold is where the remaining few fight to survive, blessed with gifts of power in exchange for their memories and a thirst for blood. Given to the bloodlust fully and risk becoming one of the lost, fiendish ghouls devoid of any remaining humanity. There's a lot of, like, Dark Souls buzzwords in here, for me personally. Uh, <laughs> wandering aimlessly in search of blood, the, lo- uh, the lost will stop at nothing to satisfy their hunger. Team up and embark on a journey to the ends of hell to unlock your past and escape your living nightmare in Code Vein. Sounds like Bloodborne right there. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I want to talk about the art style. We, we have a couple of things about the game. One of the biggest things is they talk about creating your own character and then choosing a partner that will go through who, with, through the game that has their own combat style and backstory. So those characters are pre-made. And that's pretty cool because it gives some incentive to replayability, right? Uh, all these characters seem so different if they have different combat styles and stuff. Could make the game easier, harder, different. Uh, there could be different event triggers in the game depending on who your partner is. So I think that's really cool. I really want to dive into the art style real quick, though. So uh, we were talking before the show that look this looks like it's heavily inspired by a lot, a lot of other gothic-type games, like the Bloodborns, like the Dark Souls. Um, and it's the it's funny because the characters in this very gothic, dark world, but then you look at the actual faces of the characters, and they're very anime. Um, so I just want to hear from also, you guys. It's like futuristic cyberpunk-type weapons and stuff, too, right? Y- yeah, yeah. So it's a really cool mashup of a lot of different things. Um, and yeah, I just want to get your guys' initial impressions on Code Vein now that we know what this game is and what we kind of can expect. We haven't seen gameplay necessarily, but we have enough stills to kind of get a feel for it. Yeah. 
I'm real excited about this, actually. Um, I think um, I've played a bit of the God Eater games, and, you know, they're whatever. They're they're definitely not knocking your socks off, I would say. Um, they're definitely not knocking everybody's socks off. They're knocking some people's so- socks off in a niche audience or whatever, but... Um, I, I definitely think that these developers are capable of making a great game. Um, and this is kind of in that Japanese double-A. I think people talk about double-A games disappearing, but I do think there's more than people realize. You're just Cause 3s and you're, um, you're Neos and, and stuff like that. I honestly think that Bloodborne and Dark Souls are more double-A than triple-A. Um just kind of the way that they look and feel and, and how you interact with the game, the menus and such. Um, it's not a slide on them, it's just how um, I see them as categorized. And so this kind of looks like um, really similar to how Neo took the Bloodborne um, formula, essentially, and did its own thing. It's it's Samurai Bloodborne, of course. Um, I, I don't think this will be as close to Bloodborne. I don't think this will be like gothic cyberpunk bloodborne but i do think um dom i was actually going to point this out to you i think we're going to get a lot more we've been getting these dark souls clones or dark souls heavily inspired games for the last few years lords of the fallen and then all your 2d stuff like um you know hyperlight drifter or uh salt and sanctuary but i feel like we're going to get a lot more bloodborne clones how we have uh, Neo, and now this. I feel like this is going to lean more towards Bloodborne. Yeah, I'm rolling through the screenshots right now, and it, it's 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 tough to describe. So, um, it is a cool mashup, uh, like like you guys both said, of like a, like I could name like five games. It looks like this took some something from, um, and the art style is really cool, and just the I don't know the creativity and uh, the design of some of the characters and monsters and so on is really cool. Like graphically speaking, it looks like uh, it looks like one of the God Eater games, right? Where it's it's not really up to par of like you know games nowadays. Like looking at the the textures on the character models and stuff, it's some of it. Um, now who knows? Like these are just screenshots of I don't, who the heck knows. But that's just an observation. But yeah, this looks cool as hell. I'm I'm pumped to see uh, more about it. So um, the reason I say that I think we'll see more Bloodborne clones uh, than Dark Souls is I think if you're trying to have not necessarily a mainstream hit, but just a broader audience, um, hit a broader audience, and bring these like really tough, hard-ass, tough-as-nail games um, and actually sell it to people, then I think it's a lot easier to make that fast, um, fast-paced Bloodborne combat than it is to be like, yeah, it's a lot more like Dark Souls where it's slow and plodding and still tough as fucking nails, so that may be why we get more clones uh, towards the Bloodborne end. Yeah, maybe. It's an interesting thing. Like, I mean, if something's getting inspired by Bloodborne, then it is getting inspired by Dark Souls because Bloodborne is inspired sure, by Dark sure. Souls. So it's like, I, I guess I'm it's, talking about like more the combat, you know? The speed of it, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I think I think a lot of people like both Bloodborne and Dark Souls, but there is, I think there is a camp of people who are more pro-Bloodborne and more pro-Souls, and that argument right, can right. happen forever. Or, but I do... For example, Neo is clearly has more Bloodborne than Souls. Generally, obviously, like you said, it if it has Bloodborne, then it has Souls. Period. But it's 
Neo is a very bloodborne type game. Yeah, but Neo is also original in a lot of its stuff because it isn't an open, sure. uh, interconnected world. It's these like set places and, you go to, you fight there, and then you leave, and then you go to a new place. You know, right? And it has a lot of Ninja Gaiden connections, which you know, Souls has a lot of Ninja Gaiden connections. There's all that, you know. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think this is going to be faster paced as opposed to slower paced. It definitely brings more as obviously it's a action RPG, but it seems more. Uh, more so heavily into JRPG, right? It looks interesting. I think the graphic fidelity, uh, yeah, it is the the textures are a little bit lower quality, but um, I don't think that's a huge concern for me as long as the yeah, gameplay yeah. solid. That'll that'll win me over a hundred percent. It's not like bad, bad, you know, but it's it's not like pristine. So I'm interested to see gameplay. I think that's where I'll definitely make my decision as to whether this is a game I'm I'm going to be getting or if it's a game I'll hold off on on sale or if it's a game I don't even worry about touching, whether it's good or not, just based on the gameplay because screenshots can only do so much. It's like, oh, this looks like this, this, and this, but does it play like this, this, and this? So we'll definitely right. have to wait for that and see more about the game. But it's cool to see a name attached to a game and no wonder they use Prepare to Dine because it is heavily inspired by you know, Dark Souls. Um, so it's, it's really cool. My only problem with this whole thing, and it doesn't even need to be a huge topic for us to talk about, I hate that all of these news outlets made it a point that they couldn't they couldn't talk about it being Bandai Namco's new IP. All of them wanted the clicks, so all of them said Dark Souls Publisher. All of them said uh, Dark Souls Publisher, yeah. which kind of bothered me. It's like, well, I understand that, but Bandai Namco's been around a lot longer in different forms, obviously, Namkai Bandai, uh, Bandai, Bandai Namco, way before Dark Souls. So it's weird to me that it's Dark Souls isn't all Bandai Namco has, and it, they just yeah. wanted those clicks, so... Whatever. Just in in general, I think it's really cool to see. You know, we're not. Uh, we talked about this last year around E three. I don't think we're necessarily seeing a Japanese renaissance, but we're definitely seeing a resurgence from Japan that is really cool to watch right now. And I think this will be part of it. Obviously, Neo and Gravity Rush and Near, all the stuff that's coming out right now is is absolutely part of that too. So. I think they've always been around, but I think that they're making a stronger push to market in the West. I think the games have always been around, it's just, I think that they've... Adapt their rules of how they operate to kind of, you know, work more globally, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, because, like, the East gets inspired by the West, and then the West gets inspired by the East, and it's like this back-and-forth thing that's really cool to check out. Uh, The last news story here, we talked about a while back, uh, after Episode 3 came out, Please, episode four, don't have the hiatus that we had to wait for for episode three, and we don't. <laughs> the Walking Dead: A New Frontier episode four comes out April twenty fifth. Uh, a little over a month since the last episode, but it's definitely not the two to three months we had to wait. A week after Guardians of the Galaxy, which is huge, and to me, this seems like they're they're doubling down and they want to finish Walking Dead. So that way they can focus on Guardians and all the other projects. And I don't think that means it's rushed by any means. But I do think that they're putting extra effort into, we can delay Guardians Episode 2 for maybe three to four weeks extra. Let's make sure we finish Walking Dead and worry about that first because The Walking Dead is a series we focused on and it has a lineage, you know. Um, well, I think they're going to try to have Guardians Episode 2 out right around that movie, though. Well, the movie came out this week, didn't it? Or does it come out next week? No, it comes out May 5th. May 5th, okay. I've seen, like, a lot of press for it. It seems like it was coming out this week. Like, heavy press for it. Oh, they just started uh, allowing press to watch it. Yeah, but they've released, like, 98 teasers, so I assumed it was coming out this week. It's a whole other discussion. They've released too many goddamn teasers for that movie. Anyways, 
super excited for uh, episode four. Uh, the, I don't know if you guys saw the promo image for it, but it shows David in a very precarious position with a noose around his neck, uh, which looks crazy. The the episode I believe is called "Thicker Than uh, Thicker Than Water," which is a really yeah. cool title. I'm excited. The way they set this up, it's going to be great, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited for this. I think we all are. We're all going to look to play it next week and have our impressions on next week's episode, so definitely look out for that. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add there. We're just all excited that it's coming out really soon, right? Sooner than we expected. Um, just since we're talking about Telltale and we mentioned Guardians, I was going to say I went ahead and got Guardians because it was discounted um, for a certain time if you went ahead and picked it up on PlayStation Plus. Um, but I am going to wait... Just like I did on Batman, I'm going to wait for all five episodes on that. And, uh, you know, Walking Dead is... We're doing that on the podcast every time it comes out. So I'm Actually, you know what? I'm going to join you on that. I was going to play Guardians because I bought it. I'm just going to wait. I'll wait for the five yeah. episodes with you. That sounds good. I think I just... Walking Dead is that one Telltale series where it's like everybody's really into it each episode, you know? Yeah. And... I mean, spoiling something in Guardians that I don't want to get spoiled isn't as crazy as getting spoiled for something with Walking Dead, you know. Um, so, I'm with you there. I think I'll just wait. Uh, Dom, you're excited too, right? I don't know if you have anything else to add. Of course. Ah. Yeah. Just getting our hands already. Oh, Jack. Guardians is one that you actually like, right? No, he hasn't no, seen Guardians. He, that's the one we uh, I feel he'll... like I thought that was the one Marvel movie <laughs> that you had seen. Motherfucker. No. No, I've seen a couple. I don't want to... There's so many. How could you have not seen any? Well, I think the seen... newest one he saw was Civil War, right? Yeah, so yeah. that was a good Dom. movie. Cool. Dom, your homework is to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2014. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Walking Dead New Frontier Episode 4 comes out next Tuesday. Uh, we recently had the Star Wars celebration, talking about all the new Star Wars stuff coming out, including The Last Jedi and obviously Battlefront 2. Uh, Dom, you wanted to talk about Star Wars some more, right? So, uh, real quick, I just want to say something real, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. I know I've already mentioned this on the podcast. I'm, I'm kind of going media blackout a lot more trailers recently. Not watching any trailers for The Last Jedi. I don't want to hear a peep about Last Jedi. <laughs> We're not talking about Last Jedi. No, I'm just saying, you know, if, just it's, in like, case. if it's like, I'm really excited about this new Star Wars game, because, you know, and Kylo Ren, the new trailer, is like all blah, blah, blah. Just He's just, he's got to put know. his foot down and make sure. I just got to say, you. I don't, I, I'm not going to be that, like that all over the internet, but just on our podcast, if we could just not talk about that movie, that'd be great. Well, I won't get into it, but I'll let you know that the last Jedi trailer, I caved and watched it. There's pretty much nothing that it's. It's basically nothing. It's just like a hype. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Sizzle reel. I've seen a couple <laughs> frames, and so I'm. Yeah. I'm just. I'm perfect on it right now. But anyway, let's get into it. So, uh, we caught a a leak of the Battlefront Two trailer last week uh, in our discussions. Uh, the full trailer since came out, and a bunch of information came out on the game. Uh, not too much more than that we found out that we didn't already know. Uh, you know, they're going heavy on the campaign. No season pass, but they said they're going to find figure out something else that's better. I don't know what that means, but well, <laughs> if it's like of... they do with the fucking Bioware games, where it's like no season pass, but we'll just charge you, you know, that extra five bucks to buy the DLC individually. Well, at the, the their packs. reasoning was they don't want to they didn't want to segment the multiplayer community. So I, that to me that there won't be separate maps or something. It'll probably be like cosmetic microtransactions or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Also written by Mitch Dyer. 
or partially written by Mitch Dyer, which is cool. Yeah, oh, the story? Too. Yeah, Mitch Dyer is wow. writing it. Yeah. So, real quick, since we're on the topic of this Star Wars game, I definitely feel like the fact that you're playing as a female in the story is kind of, you know, they're pushing that. I mean, obviously, like, Marvel, is, you know, like, all the heroes now are either gender-swapped or racial-swapped, and... And they're trying to really push that diversity thing. It seems just like the mainstream big movies and, and uh, media is trying to do that right now. And I feel like I'm totally cool with it, obviously. I can't wait. I love playing as Aloy and love playing Gravity Rush as Cat, blah, blah, blah. But it definitely feels like this is part of that, you know. Yeah, but also yeah, think I, about I, like I'm... how many game, Star Wars games you've played as a woman. None. So I think I understand where you're coming no, from. No, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like they're trying to like build up the portfolio, so in a few years it can be like, well, now we have three or four games where you play as a woman. You know, we got a few movies where women I mean, are the stars and stuff. Also, I think too is we're not gonna without spoiling it. If you've never seen Star Wars, I doubt this person is going to be in the next Battlefront game based on the way the story is shaping up, right, and where it takes place and everything. I highly doubt that the next game will be her as the protagonist. Like, you can also assume, too, like, uh, Visceral and Respawn might have games where it's, like, an art, more RPG where you create a character so you can create a female or male. I right, think that, right. I, th- I just think that the writers were like, hey, we can write a, a Star Wars story, and it's hard enough to fit a story into the canon, right? And you probably have a lot of check marks you have to meet. Like, make sure you don't mess with this, make sure you don't mess with this. But they're like, how many Star Wars games have you played as a, as a, as a girl? None. And I think it would, personally, my gripe is... I w- it would have been cool to me if you didn't play as a human. I don't really care about the female male thing too oh, much, yeah. but like it would have been interesting if it was a different race. But yeah, I'm I, I'm super stoked for it. I understand where you're coming from. It's like you can obviously see that this is uh, a, a diversification move, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it is kind of obvious, you know. So like just just like I was saying, you know, the movies are starring women, and then or just Marvel, you know, Thor's female, Captain America's black, you know, you can see it across the board if you just look at media, but uh, that doesn't make me any less excited, and watching that trailer, the story parts of it, it is very cool when they walk up in their elite trooper suits with the black and red, and talk about like, yeah, you weren't supposed to know we were coming or whatever, and I'm super pumped uh, to be able to play as a hero of the Empire, essentially, and someone who's trying to retake the glory of Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, it's bringing levity so, to the dark side, which is cool. Sorry, go ahead, Dom. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah, I like the fact that you're playing as a, as a, as a female, too, and I, we can get into another day, but there's a lot of merits uh, when people, people gripe on diversity for diversity's sake, but I think, like, it's actually a good thing to spread it around. But, anyway, that's a good topic for another day. Um, We'll get into that deeper some other time. But I, I don't want to focus too much on just this game. Um, it made me think of, well, you know what? There, there, haven't, there hasn't been that many Star Wars video games that I've played, even though, you know, there's hundreds that exist. So I just want to, like, hundreds? rattle off. Hey, there has to be, right? I don't know about hundreds officially I think there's a, I think there's at least 40. There's, Hyperbole. I would yes, say 50, yes. yeah, definitely. I, it's a phrase. Anyway... Um, so I'm just like thinking back, like, Oh, what are some of my favorites? So I, I miss some of the big ones. Um, like, like rogue squadron. Um, and you know, I never played for the GameCube. I think it was, um, except for, you know, the, the arcade version uh, was pretty cool, but mostly, um, 
the limited experiences I have were the first two Battlefront games, which I think the first, the very first Battlefront game is going to be has to be my favorite. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there right at the front. Me and my brother probably played, you know, hundreds, and that's real hundreds this time, of hours of that game. Uh, just, you know, versus each other uh, couch co-op. Just We just play over and over again against each other. Um, tons of hours of fun that I put into that game. The second one was a much better game, but we, it was kind of past uh, that phase for us, I guess. We, so we didn't put as much time into it. It doesn't mean as much, but those games were fantastic. Um the pod racing game uh, for the N64, that one was another one we played a whole ton. Um, not as much as Battlefront, but it was fun. Um, it managed to take uh, a cool part of one of the few cool parts of The Phantom Menace and turn it into a fun video game. Um, otherwise, uh, of course, played uh, most of the Lego Star Wars games um, when I was younger. And then I remember going into family video. We had rented, you know, Lego Star Wars a bunch of times already, and we had beat it to completion. Uh, you know, my, me and my brother, and my friends, we had beat it ten times over, right? And this was around when Revenge of the Sith came out, and the Lego games were, of course, you know, rated E for everyone, and the Revenge of the Sith, like official movie game, uh, was rated T. So we had to talk my parents into letting us, rent <laughs> the, you know, the T rated. I know game. that. I know that feel. Yeah, I don't know how old we were at the time, but it was a big deal. So we, we, they, you know, our parents, uh, succumbed to our demands and, uh, let us rent that one. And of course, I, if I played it today, it, I would probably tell you it's a, you know, the jankiest piece of shit game ever. But at the time having, you know, adored that movie, I saw Revenge of the Sith three different times in theaters. Um, you know, that was like my world, right? So playing the game, um, it was really cool. And it did one novel thing of, you know, it let you choose to play as Obi-Wan or Anakin at the end. So you could actually, be uh, Anakin and and beat Obi Wan in that last fight. I hate you. Right, and then that would that would be the end. It's like, well, can you imagine what would have happened? But <laughs> it's just a cool thing uh, that you know. I thought it was cool they added. So th- that's really all all the Star Wars games I think I've ever played. So you guys got any? I never touched the Force Unleashed ones, so I don't know what you guys got on that. But go for it. Uh, so go ahead, Jared. Jared, go go ahead, Jared. Okay. After uh, you, sir. So, uh, I played the first Battlefront a whole ton. Battlefront 2, I played the PSP version, which you were talking about before the show. Played that a whole ton, but it was a compromised version, in the words of Michael Huber. Um, uh, also, I played uh, Force Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2. Um, the Lego ga- the Lego Star Wars games were my first introduction to what we now call the Lego games, you know? Um, oh, okay. so, I'm yeah, sure the, they were for a lot of people. Yeah, the Lego Star Wars original trilogy Lego bundle or whatever was the first time I played the Lego games as we know them, so that was fun. Lego really cool. City on my PC, baby. That oh. was a long-ass time ago. Yeah, and there's tons of older Star Wars games that I never touched, like Rogue Squadron and a bunch of stuff that, you, like you said, it just there's so many Star Wars games that were before our time or we just never got around to. Um, two things that I wanted to mention... One of the coolest Star Wars games that never happened, Star Wars 1313, like everything you see of that game oh. looked so amazing and it looked so cool and hopefully we get touches of that with Visceral and uh, Respawn's games. The other game that I want to talk about is basically the biggest blue ball moment to me in, personally in video games is... Besides 1313. Well, blue, you'll, you'll see what I mean by this though. Because uh, we never got anything super official with Star Wars 1313, you know? This was at E3. When they roll out the red carpet, they come out on stage like, we want to show you this new Star Wars game, The Old Republic. You get this trailer, 
the CG trailer, which is amazing. Like, that's one of my favorite right. video game trailers ever. Like, as far as CG trailers. Super cool. Like, it's an MMO coming to PC, and I'm just like, cool, it's dead to me. <laughs> yep. It's, like, completely dead to me. I remember that exact me. moment. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. All my friends are watching say, E3. I'm like, oh, this looks so cool. Love the story. Love everything they're doing. And it's like, it's an MMO. And I'm like, well, I could care less. <laughs> I couldn't care Star less. Star Wars 1313 had a like gameplay trailer right though because i've seen that gameplay yeah, no uh i don't think it was ever maybe but it wasn't announced at no, e3 it, i remember like an official was. logo fading in and stuff I, w- I don't think that was at e3 though i could be wrong but like, maybe not at e3 but i feel like that game was officially revealed it just i'm just saying as far as blue ball moments and and man old republic like every time those blur trailers come out for a new expansion it's a blue ball moment i'm like God damn, these yellow fucking lightsabers are killing me. I want to be doing that. I want that story. I want those cutscenes. But, I mean, the cutscenes in the game don't look anything like that, of course. Unfortunately, they would if they were like a modern console story game like, you know, Battlefront 2 or whatever. But, yeah, it definitely sucks. Okay, so I just real quick, I went to the Star Wars 1313 uh, wiki page and... Uh, I was wrong. The game was officially revealed at E3 2012 the following month. I thought so. Yeah, it I was, thought it had like a, a reveal thing, yeah. Yeah, it had a reveal thing in 2012. Um, and then obviously in 2013 it was announced that they ceased internal development on all LucasArts projects. So that's what happened with Star Wars 1313. Yeah. And the, dude, I bet there were some badass games just getting started around there, you know. Yeah. I mean... Uh, we're getting some good stuff. Hopefully, we can finally see sure, what Visceral sure. and and uh, and uh, yes. Respawn's working on. But like, I just wanted to mention we're talking about our favorite Star Wars games. Star Wars thirteen thirteen is like my favorite game that I never got a chance to play from everything I've seen. <laughs> and then sucks. Star Wars: The Old Republic is like ugh, those CG trailers. They're so good. Like, oh yeah, they could be their own movies. Like Blur, just make a Star Wars like standalone Old Republic movie. Uh, just, I know, man deflating the air from a balloon dude it, deflating the air from a room all my friends I'm telling you we're sitting there watching E3 everyone is getting excited my friends are huge Star Wars guys the moment that they say it's an MMO everyone's just like well let me know when the next thing pops up on E3 because this is dead to me now <laughs> you know this is <laughs> this is going along right with what you're talking about Jared I'm once again seeing into the future with my crystal ball and I'm seeing the fact that you know people talk a lot about these DC movies and like, oh, well, the animated movies are great, but the, you know, the live-action universe is shitty. Well, and then people talk about how we're going to get a Star Wars movie every year for the rest of our life. Well, I'm looking into the future, and I'm seeing a few years from now where we're getting, like, you know, just kind of like how we have every few months a DC animated movie in the same universe... And maybe it's a uh, 3D animated, maybe it's 2D animated, whatever. But I'm totally thinking that we'll be getting a lot more stuff like that. They just announced um, some animated shorts coming out, like that are all focused on the women of Star Wars. And so um, I, I definitely see that stuff coming down the road. Maybe not as great as like a whole blur trailer movie, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, before we close out, you want to tell us what your favorite Star Wars games are? Sure, yeah, so um, I'll just list games that, Star Wars games that I've played, I may not have necessarily beat or, you know, gotten that far into the story or whatever the fuck it is, but um, I think, have I told the story about the arcade game at Chuck E. Cheese on the podcast? 
where the kid helped me beat it by giving me all his freaking coins. All my coins and all his coins finally helped me beat the game. Um, so there's that. That's a great Star Wars experience. Um, that is, uh, I think, just Star Wars arcade game, like the original Star Wars arcade um, experience. I think they just came out with a new one, so this would be the original one. Um, came out with a new one for Force Awakens, I think. Anyways, um, so yeah. Uh, a lot of Star Wars games have great parts to them, like the Force Unleashed games, I think, have really cool stories. They're not great stories, but they're cool. They're interesting fanfare if you're into Star Wars, if you like, you know, cool Jedi, gray Jedi, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Force Unleashed 1 is a good game. Force Unleashed 2 is a okay game. It's kind of a 6. It's super short. It's just whatever. Um, so there's, there's a lot of games like that, unfortunately, for Star Wars. Um, I'll give a shout out to Pod Racer on N64. That's a fun little game. Um, kind of a kart racer, but you know, with pod racers, obviously. And then, um, yeah, we've got our KOTORs. Um, I haven't played KOTOR 2, even though I've watched some of the cutscenes online. Um, but I've played KOTOR 1, and I love that game. Um, probably my favorite Star Wars game, if I had to choose one. Um, and you talk about these blue ball teases with the Old Republic. They're making expansions in the Old Republic that are still connecting back. It's all in the same timeline with KOTOR. Like, the Old Republic MMO is part of the KOTOR timeline. So technically it is kind of KOTOR 3 in a way. That's why they probably haven't made a straight-up KOTOR 3. Um, which is, you know, obviously very confusing because that's old canon and that's not technically canon but they're still making new expansions that are connected to that story um so it's weird weird balance there but um at least the kotor experience is still going in some capacity um other star wars games i'm trying to think here um give me some examples here i haven't played oh battlefront of course so um, you know, the new Battlefront's cool. I, I enjoy it. I've played it um, a decent amount. The old Battlefront games, of course, are very special. Um, one and two, I would say, I've played a ton of, both on console and then the PSP version of two. Um, yeah, it was different, but it wasn't as good. But it's still totally fun, still totally awesome. Um, and then... I've my brother my brother Jackson still has Battlefront 2 running on the PS2 over at my mom's house. I've played that like within the last 6 months with him. So um love some Battlefront as far as uh classic Battlefront I should say. Um and I am excited for 2, uh, the new 2. Even though I was talking about I don't think they would call this new one 2 because then you're going to have two Battlefronts and two Battlefront 2s, but you know whatever. There's a fucking Battlefield 1 now, so who knows, but yeah. Love love Star Wars games. I'm, I am very excited about the future. Um, you know, the Amy Hennig game looks cool. I think, I hope it has better gameplay than Uncharted, even though it's not going to be like lightsaber stuff, which I'm cool with. Um, but I'm totally down with her storytelling. Um, and then, yeah, I talked about Battlefront 2 coming up. 
I'm really excited about the games we don't know about, uh, which are in the pipeline, which you know are happening, which are, you know, probably going to be, like, big single-player awesome games, maybe big single-player RPGs that are long, like, you know, Horizon-type long. So that's what I'm really excited about. Also, think about this, and this this is a complete slide of EA. The great thing about having Respawn work on a Star Wars game is that they can make another quality product, and if you make the stupid scheduling mistake you made with Titanfall 2, it'll still actually sell because it's Star Wars. <laughs> you know That game, I, I'm definitely excited about it because it's Star Wars, but obviously we know zero zip, except it's, it is made by Respawn. That's the only thing we know, so I'm... I'm you know, I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic. I'm optimistic about that one. We just need to. One of the biggest things we talk about is lineage with video game developers, and like they made COD Four, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, sure. The original Titanfall was a fantastic game. Sucks that it was a console exclusive. Titanfall Two was also a fantastic game, and that game got screwed over as well because of its release schedule. Like, it's they, but those games on their own are fantastic games. You know they have maybe haven't sold well, but I I don't think it's entirely Respawn's fault because they've crafted really really good products. So working on a Star Wars game is awesome, and I can't wait. Um, I mean it's a pretty good chance, obviously, that their game will just be, you know, a ten to twelve hour first person shooter with a big online component. Um, even though that's kind of Battlefront's already taken that spot, but that's really their bread and butter. So, what do you think about that? Are they going to make you know some? They're making third a person Boba Fett RPG. Game. You think they're making the Boba Fett game? So, is it going to be first person shooter or what? Yeah, I think it's going to be first person. Republic Commando style. I think it's going to be first person, and I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they could even do stuff because they're so good at making multiplayer where you jump into something else you control. They can do stuff where you hop into the vehicles. Like, that's one thing that Battlefront doesn't nice, really have, right? yeah. Where, like, you're a character and then you hop in. You can control them, but it's, like, it's a disconnect because you're, like, the character and then you hop into this plane and it's, like, a completely different person, you know? So they can work around it. That's going to be interesting to see what they do. A lot of the... I mean, we haven't... None of us played every Star Wars game because that's impossible. A lot of the older Star Wars games, you know, unless you have the older consoles, you probably can only play them through emulation, which, you know, is a huge thing. And you actually wanted to talk about that this week. Emulation in general and... What it means to you. So, yeah, we're talking about emulation today on the show. And, uh, speaking of old emulation, I want to say this before we dig too down deep. You were talking, uh, you know, in that beautiful little segue that you gave me uh, about how, um, certain games are only available at this point through emulation, right? It's, there's, there's just no way, um that you're going to be able to play a lot of these old-ass, rare-ass games. You know, some of, it's like... You can't even get some of these consoles running at this point, so... Um, how do you expect to play without emulation? I mean, the biggest point that I want to make, like I said before we dive in, is the reason I'm really okay with emulation is because of the fact that really... There is no, especially one of the big three, but there is no uh, company with a proper solution to playing the uh, breadth of the history of video games that we have, should have at our disposal digitally. Um, And, you know, we talk a a lot about video game history just in the industry in general. Um, That could be a topic for another day, of course. Um, But this is a part of it, the fact that we just don't have access to 
you know, easily half of the games that have been released since the start of video games. Easily more than that, I would say. And it just sucks. Um, even with emulation, there's just so much stuff that we we just do not have access to, and that's that's really dumb and really sucky. And you hear things like, um, I was watching Digital Foundry's video for the Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 remasters, and it's gorgeous 4K and gameplay, um, and they put it up next to the PS2, and it just looks incredibly changed since then. But they're like, yeah, man, they uh, the cutscenes are, you know, basically just the same as the PS2 versions because, um, you know, they don't have the the assets, the proper assets. They're like, um, no, wait, Jared, you're telling me that about a game. What it was with Kingdom Hearts is they had to redo a bunch of the gameplay assets to make them 4K because they didn't have them. They had to uh, basically buy a copy, retail copy of the game, the PS3 version, and Parappa the Rapper. Uh, just rip, rip the those assets. You were telling me about the cutscenes in yeah. Parappa the Rapper. Sorry, yeah. I got those two switched. Switch, but... Well, uh, same thing. Apples to oranges. Anyways, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're, it sucks that these you know publishers are like, oh, or I mentioned Nintendo selling... You know, they're downloading ROMs off of Emu Paradise or whatever, and like selling it on the eShop. Like, what the fuck? And then, yeah, these guys are at Square Enix, like, go out to GameStop or the equivalent in Japan and have to rip a copy, um, a retail copy, and get this code off so that they can upres it to 4K. It's like, are we, we're just not preparing. You know, we're just not thinking about the future at all um, with these companies. It's really frustrating, and so. Freedom throughout the universe. Emulate all you want, kids. Yeah, I think you know. I think a lot of companies see emulation as like, oh, it's a bunch of thieves that want to steal our games. And there probably is a small percentage of people who just want to play emulators because they don't want to buy old games. And that's just they think like, those games already came out. Why should I buy them again? But I think a lot of it has to do with it's the best way to play older games because companies do such a terrible job at game preservation and like not being able to bring them and keep them around to the modern age, right? So the only way we can play a lot of these older games is through emulation. Like, I want to applaud whoever did the Disney Afternoon Collection because um, those were well done and they hold up and they play really well and everything like that and they add in the modern touches of, like, achievements and saving and rewind mechanics. And I think it's all about game preservation. That's the stuff we need. Yeah, and I think emulation and like third party emulation and these people that do these is an answer to companies being piss poor at game preservation like you shouldn't you shouldn't be mad at these people because they're quote unquote stealing your money you should be mad at them because they're doing the work you should be doing and you're too lazy or you don't invest in in the work like that's what it is you know yeah piss poor is a good way to put it yeah, and it's, it's they're kind of just behind. Um, I mean, as soon as there's a device out there that is capable of, you know, running something, uh, it's going to happen, right? Legal or not, like even on uh, like iPhones, who that's the one friend uh, Nintendo and, and Sony still has because they don't naturally let you download emulators, right? But, you, could, you know, plenty of people have figured out a way to get around that um, and – some sort of fancy hacks to their iPhone when they can download anything they want and and so on. There's always a way, you know, when a, when a, when a device has hardware capable of something, someone's going to do it. Um, so I think we'll never, like the games we have now, like back to like the NES era, the NES era, like we'll never lose because the internet is just too large and there's just too many people. Um, now that's, it may not be, I know there's people out there working on like, you know, 
uh, museums and, you know, actual like organized uh, um, archives of games and stuff. Uh, whereas, you know, the internet is just crap all over the place, right? But it's, I think it's always going to be available and emulate like the, the technology behind it is cool as hell, no matter what, like whether you think it's good or bad for you, like it's really cool that um, I literally just out of curiosity uh, downloaded an N64 emulator for my phone, like my literal phone that's like five inches wide that I take in my pocket everywhere I go and I can boot up Ocarina of Time. And you could hook up a controller to it if you really wanted to go that far, and then you're just right. doing it, you know? It gives you, you know, little touchscreen controls, but that, I mean, that's not really, it, you could do that, but, um, yeah, all you need is a little Bluetooth controller. Heck, I could even use the DualShock, and it would work. Um, you have a lot of options here. Right, so it's it's really cool that that's, that that's a thing, and it's only getting better, right? Like, I've seen, um, there's a Wii U emulator, there's people, you know, playing Breath of the Wild in 1080p on their PCs. Now, that... That's airing on the uh, more on the legal shady side, shady backdoor deal side. Um, well, that, you know, I, that yeah, just I came mean, out. a lot of that stuff is straight up piracy. But that's right. um, you know, talking about Breath of the Wild and then talking about like what we've kind of leaned into, which is like video game history with almost lost games. Right, that's totally different. So um, yeah, I mean that's yeah. true of any media, right? Like look at like books. I'm sure there's probably hundreds of thousands of books that existed and now they're gone and they'll just no one will never know right oh yeah um, and and a ton of that is you know penny dreadful trash but at the same time right right it would be nice to have them archived or whatever yeah um i want to say we were talking about before the show like um jared you were saying you're not super into emulation i am obviously i want to have this conversation for that reason um and then Dom, you just brought it up, a great point, even though, yeah, you're straight up just um, pirating if you're playing Breath of the Wild on your PC right now, but at the same time, a big part of emulation that I really like is I'm playing, essentially, a lot of times, a better version of the game, even if it's the company's come out and remastered it. For example, um, Twilight Princess or Wind Waker HD on the Wii U and I'm not even talking about emulating either of those HD versions through an, a Wii U emulator. I'm talking about if you went back onto Dolphin, which is the GameCube and Wii emulator, and you emulated the actual GameCube versions of those games, upres them to 1080p and add anti-aliasing and all this other stuff that you can do with emulation, and they're actually looking better than the Wii U HD ports. And so stuff like that. Yeah, if you can play Breath of the Wild in 1080p on your PC as opposed to, you know, probably like 720 or 900, whatever, on Wii U, then it's like, yeah, do that, man. And then, you know, if you want to have the full experience, like I said, you can just buy a USB version. Yeah, it'll be third-party, but a USB version of your GameCube or your NES or whatever Nintendo controller, and then um, you're rocking, man. And the legality of it is apparently... I had previously thought that in no case, um, you know, is it legal? Granted, no one can ever know and you can't ever be, you know, nothing can ever happen. But apparently, um, and I think it was just in one state and everywhere else is probably unprecedented and there's no actual rule on this. But one state somewhere, I want to say Kentucky or somewhere random, I'm not sure, um, ruled that if you own, you know, a, a copy of the game that you purchased through the publisher, um, then you're actually entitled to as many rom backups as you want which see I and that crazy but. the fact that that's even a conversation to me is crazy it's like 
I bought right. the game. You've been sticking these fucking proof of purchase tickets on the back of my products since I was born and I can remember. So, like, yeah, if I've bought this game, of course I, I should own the ROM digitally if that's what I want. If I want to rip it especially, you know, if I'm going to buy the technology to rip it and put it on my PC, hell yeah, that shit's mine. I'm not saying I can sell it or whatever, but I can play it on my PC and you're not going to take me to jail for it. It's like the whole, you know, in Tennessee, this is actually a law where... You know, if you're sharing around your Netflix passwords, that's like a super illegal thing. And, of course, that's just not really enforced. And it's the same thing right, with emulation yeah. where you, you see this stuff. It's like, come on, you're just Nintendo's all about this shit. You know, of course, it's a big thing with them and they're all of people's asses. And then, you know, I do not think it's been proven, but it is absolutely alleged. And there's definitely evidence to the fact that uh, Nintendo just has downloaded ROMs off the internet for free like the rest of us would and then puts them up on the eShop for sale. So that's absolutely ridiculous. Not because of the fact that it's a faulty ROM or anything. I'm sure those are perfectly good, um, you know, original copies or whatever ripped off of an NES cart, but that's absolutely not the way they should be doing. That's piss poor, as Jared said. Yeah, and... Just to be clear, earlier you said, uh, you know, which is true, I don't like playing emulators, it's not because, like, I'm against them, and I'm like, Well, no, I was just saying, I'm emulators. more into it than you are, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's an, I'm not into them for the sake of them existing, I'm just, it's just not something I like um, doing personally, like, doing all of the work for, I know it's not a lot of work, but for me, it's, I have a perfectly capable PC of playing games, I own games on Steam, rarely, if ever, do I play games on my computer, just because I like the comfort of playing on a console, and I know it's dumb, and PC gaming isn't as complicated as people make it sound or anything like that, but it's just... To me, it's more comfortable to just use a controller, turn on the console, and play, as opposed to having to download the emulator. And I know it's not a lot of work, but just in my the mind work behind it, you know what I mean? Uh, the gears turning, it's just like it's. But the, the, there is a problem there of like, yo, for if I owned a Switch, Nintendo, if you had the games available for me to buy, and I didn't have to go to oh an emulator to play them, I would buy them. You just make them available. If you actually ripped the fucking cart yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, did anybody else have anything else to say about emulators? I think we so, went round table. One tiny little thing I was just going to add. There are, you know, other benefits. You can do hacks and, you know, filters and cool stuff in your games, mod them and stuff. And also you were saying, um, you know, you like to stay on console. One uh, point just to the contrary is that even having my, at this point, I think four-year-old MacBook Pro... Um, it's a great console for everything from basically four years older and back. So oh, yeah. all all games that have ever been on PC work in that fashion. And then, yeah, I've got, you know, I could play pretty much any NES game I want. Any NES game, any SNES game, um, you know, N64 is super easy to emulate. GameCube's the same. Um, Wii is super easy to emulate. Even the motion controls you can do really well in Dolphin. Um, obviously now you're able to do stuff like, uh, Wii U all the way up to last generation, you know, they're figuring out, I'm sure they'll have, I'm sure there's like PS3 underground stuff with PS3 like and 360. Done. Yeah, exactly. There's like underground stuff there, maybe builds you could find, but they'll get to the point really soon where those are just easy to emulate as PS2 is easy to emulate right now, or, um, I'm not sure about original Xbox, but I'm sure you could do that if you wanted to. And then, of course, all your handhelds are super easy to emulate, your PSP, your DS, your 3DS, and all that. So um, it's really cool to just have that one. You know, my laptop is like a is a box of just gaming history at that point, you know? 
I think the biggest issue I have with emulation is the same issue I have with Nintendo. Um, like, now I don't really own a lot of physical games. Most of my stuff is digital. I like having an account, not so much for, like, the achievements or the trophies, but just an account where I can see everything I've played and my lineage there just so I have a frame of reference because... Good luck with that. No, I, like, I, yeah, I have, a, I have a good memory, but it's hard to remember all these oh, little yeah, games yeah. you play and stuff like that. And, like, one of my biggest problems with emulation that is a big problem with Nintendo, and it's been a problem forever, is, like, there's not a digital account legacy kind of thing, you know? Just Obviously, you have to buy games over library. Over. Yeah. So it's hard to keep track of all that stuff, and, like... I think I don't like PC gaming for the same reason I don't like emulation, and it's just that because it's like, yeah, you can make all these games better, but you have to do mods, and that's not bad. Like, it's good that you get to play these games at the, the, their best that you can ever play them, but for me, it's just, it's not work that the outcome is worth it to me personally, but, like, emulators are cool. Sure. Like, I had a PSP, and like I told you guys, that was, a, that was an emulator machine for me, you know? So Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, because obviously, I think I play PC the least out of us three, but... It is cool having that option, like you said. You can play the game, like at its ultimate settings, and then really beyond what, beyond what even the the developer was able to do with patches and stuff. So that's cool. Well, my next door neighbor's dog is ushering the show out, so we should get to the end of the show. Um, we're running a little long here. So um, as far as what we're going to be playing next week, um, going to be grinding on Dark Souls three. I believe I. We just got a review code for Xbox One for Deformers, which is the mm. game from the guys who made Order eighteen eighty six. It's it's published by Game Trust, which is GameStop's publisher. Going to be interesting to see that game. I don't know how 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 long of legs it has. It's a multiplayer only game, a battle arena. So it's going to be interesting to see there. Seems like a lot of the replay value is in customizing it. Um, so customizing your character. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm going to try to catch up on Walking Dead. I don't want to make any promises. I made promises last week, and I didn't keep them. Also, I want to give a shout-out to the Cloak & Dagger teaser trailer. Uh, boy, does that have me excited. It looks so good. Yeah, it's um, looking better than I thought, definitely. Yeah, uh, it gives me a lot of vibes of Riverdale, the Archie show okay, that I was talking okay. about. And it, it definitely hits those same vibes, which I'm down for, because I love I love Riverdale so much. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. not going to be playing too much. Uh, nothing on my table, really. Gotcha. Horizon um, and Zelda. <laughs> noise, noise. Walking Never Dead. saw that one coming. Yeah. Oh yeah, Walking Dead, obviously, but that's like that's homework for us. Yeah. Um. So, just to go back to the beginning of the show, the uh, couple of thrillers that I was talking about. I also watched The Invitation. Ah, oh, so good. So good. I watched um, not a, too much of a thriller, but uh, Kristen Stewart's latest movie, Personal Shopper. And actually didn't really love either of those movies. I thought um, Personal Shopper, I think, was better than The Invitation. The Invitation was rough, dude. Like I love first, that one, man. I would say the first two-thirds of that movie are pretty close to garbage. I was really close to turning it off, and I was like, I've got to try because I've heard a lot of people say a lot of great things about this. And then, yeah, it's like the last 20 minutes are just, you know, hardcore, really intense, really kind of what you've been wanting the whole movie. And so I just didn't feel like it was worth it for all that weight. But I'm I'm glad there's people enjoying it out there. It just wasn't uh, quite my thing, quite the thriller for me, I guess. Um, and then, uh, so that's a couple of the movies that I was talking about earlier. Um, as far as what I'll be doing uh, next week... Um, very, very, very excited for Mario Kart 8. I'm just about bursting at the seams, even oh, though yes. um, we really won't have played it by the time we record next week, so Friday. it doesn't even matter. Yeah. 
Um, it's next Friday, yeah. But uh, there's also Puyo Puyo Tetris and what hap- uh, what remains of Edith Finch, I should say. And uh, I'm so very excited about those games. I will probably have played those by next podcast. And then, yeah, like you said, uh, Walking Dead Episode 4. Um, and then uh, Michael Huber, friend of the show, was recommending Into the Badlands, um, an AMC show with a lot of cool martial arts that's kind of maybe post-apocalyptic and... Of course, I've talked a lot about how much I like Vikings and Americans, uh, two shows that he's recommended. So that, and uh, he also recommended Black Sails um, on some of his stuff. So both of those shows I'll probably be checking out soon. No wonder that dude's so busy. He's watching TV all day. Yeah. Speaking of TV, two more quick ones. Uh, Like I said, Fargo was awesome. That premiered this week. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine came back. That show's still super fucking funny. Yeah. people that worked on Parks and Rec so if you're into that stuff uh, which I am totally check Brooklyn Nine-Nine out and then uh, Leftovers final season came back and um, really cool episode that's a trippy ass show man it's a trippy ass show it's amazing so, yeah. how much TV you guys watch like I don't I don't crazy to me dude I, I I pick my shows very carefully I don't waste my time I'll drop like I said um, there's certain shows that I'll just drop you know yeah but, I just, I'm not I'm not good at passive entertainment. I it's hard for me to s- just sit down and watch a movie or watch TV. When I get oh, around to it, I enjoy it. I got you. Yeah, when I get around to it, I enjoy everything I pick and choose. I'm pretty good at picking things, but it's just like it's hard for me to personally make time for that stuff because it's just not. Right, right. I love TV as a movie, but it's not something I'm like you know, whatever. Super uh, passionate about <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's everything for this week. Where we're going to be playing next week. Uh, we're going to have a guest next week. I don't know who it is exactly, but we're definitely going to have a guest, so tune in for that. Uh, this is episode 56. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe on YouTube. We're up to 86 subs. We got like five subs last week, which is really cool. So thank you to everybody who subscribed. We're really close to 100. Follow us on Twitter at CTRLINT for all of our latest news and updates. I'm at Jared underscore. Jordan is at Mellow Modus, and Dom is at Dom's Oreos. Uh, follow us for all of the latest tweets about... Uh, politics, Kingdom Hearts, and Mass Effect, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, also, leave us a ring on iTunes if you can. That helps a ton. And that's pretty much it. We'll catch you guys in episode 57, uh, where we'll probably be talking about this weird announcement that's not announced. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, IGN talked about it, and so did GameSpot. Of like, there's going to be a big announcement this weekend, and we'll talk about it next week. A lot of people are speculating the next Call of Duty oh, is going to be announced geez. this weekend. So we'll, we'll see. Whatever. Yeah, we'll have more to talk about next week about that if it ends up being Call of Duty. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Friends is better Happy than Seinfeld. Happy holiday.